we are live. Good evening. Good evening. This is Hello, Dennis everybody. Wong. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Dennis Wong, clinical consultant, pharmacist, and wellness coach for Sinan Nutrition and Sinan Pharmacy. We are here tonight, joined by my good friend, Norm Dupas and uh, Mr. Willard Reeves to talk about sleep and to see if we are really sleeping or not. Hope everybody has a good evening. Um, I actually been working really a lot, so got a little bit tired. So I actually did the 15 minutes power nap before <laughs> I came came on the call. So I think uh, Norm said that the same thing too. He was having a bit of the power nap because yeah. it's been crazy week for us. And yeah. I'm sure Willard, you're being walking around in the hot, you know, heat. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, before I went out. Yeah, before yeah, I, I went out. <laughs> before yeah, I went out, I fell asleep at the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Anywhere, yeah, naps are the best. Uh, someone just put a, a, a note. There is no doubt about it. We'll talk about that for sure, right, Dennis? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> hour of the nap. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Well, so, it, I, you know, I wanted to bring up the sleeping because a lot of patients that I work with, a lot of uh, people that I coach for wellness, one of the things I always ask is, are you sleeping? And they looked at me and say, of course I'm sleeping. What do you mean, are you sleeping? So I had to, you know, clarify what I mean by are you sleeping? Everybody tell you that they're sleeping, either they're light sleeper or they're, you know, deep sleeper or they hit the pillow and they're gone and they don't wake up until, you know, doesn't matter uh, the train going by, they don't wake up, etc. And there's so many people has different idea of what, you know, really sleeping is. So I wanted to touch on that area because sleep is one of the biggest thing for us for regenerate and recuperate from day-to-day -day life and if you don't sleep properly and you're not sleeping good then it can actually cause more stress to the system and that can also lead to more inflammation and you know the brain function go down brain fog memory issue etc cetera, etc cetera. so oh yeah i know it's a, one of those things though that you know uh, we always hear, oh, I, I slept well or I didn't sleep or, you know, it's it's a real, sometimes you can sleep less, but you wake up refreshed. So we don't really, um, I don't know if you can explain a little bit the concepts like of sleeping. What What is what is properly sleeping? I mean. When properly sleeping, it's like you said, Norm, uh, when you fall asleep and, and the next morning you're refreshed and you can ready and you can jump off the bed, you know, that's tell me that you got proper uh, sleep. And I wanted to go to a little bit of the sleep uh, pattern type of thing. When we fall asleep, beginning of the night, we get into deep sleep, REM sleep, and then you go back and forth to light sleep. And that's the rhythm that we have. And in later in the night, like say one or two in the morning type of thing, you get more of the light sleep than deep sleep, but you still get really good deep sleep. And the reason the body go through that is that so, you know, you're, you can wake up and your, uh, your organ and stuff going normally. But when you get into the deep sleep, that's when your body actually produces growth hormones. That's when your body repair and regenerate. So you really need that deep sleep. And the other thing that uh, a lot of people are not aware of is that when during the daytime, like I, our spinal fluid flow into the brain, that's the only quote unquote connection from brain to our body it's a spinal cord and spinal fluid. And spinal fluid throughout the day bringing nutrients into the brain for you know energy and brain function, all of that. But it's 
any part of our body and any, you know, like even the car, I'm going to use the car uh, analogy is that we put the gas in, the car burn it, then there's an exhaust to, you know, take out the uh, toxin, etc., or, you know, toxic stuff. The same thing when our brain's burning all the nutrients and energy throughout the day, there's a toxic buildup. And the only time our brain detoxes that when we get into deep sleep, our spinal fluid actually flow back out of the brain and carry the toxin out. So if you are sleeping and you're not getting into deep sleep, that spinal fluid flowing back out is not happening properly, then you're not really detoxing the brain properly. So in the long run, if you're not sleeping properly and you're not getting that deep sleep, then you can start getting brain fog, etc., from not getting proper, you know, repair and regeneration for the whole body, but also that the brain may not be clearing the toxin properly and start affecting, you know, your brain function. So does sleeping pills assist you in getting to a deep sleep, or is that all just adding more toxins to the body? Not the toxins, but interesting enough that a lot of the sleeping pill, like there's a few of them. One big group is benzodiazepine. Benzodiazepine help you sleep, but the issue is that very addictive. So when you stop using benzodiazepine, you will no longer sleep because your body is now addicted to it. So you have to be on it. And in some people, it will go larger and larger, like more dose that you needed that say, for example, you know, one milligram of uh, one of the benzodiazepines that you're taking to helping you sleep. In the long run, after a year or whatever, depending on person to person, you may need two milligrams, you may start taking more. And that's the issue with the benzodiazepine. And then there's another sleeping pill uh, called Zopaclone. When it came out, they said, oh, there's uh, no addiction, etc. Now they're finding it that there is an issue that people are using more. So from the government point of view, they now included that one as no more than 30 days supply that when we fill prescription. We're not allowed to get more than that anymore. So, uh, and the other thing with the benzo- uh, Zobaclone is when we got this on the market and I've looked at the study, etc. And I tell people that you should not use more than six to eight weeks. If you use longer than that, Zopaclone actually keep you in, like there's a four stages, stage one, stage two, stage three, and then deep sleep and then REM sleep. When you take Zopaclone more than uh, two months, people start getting to the point that your sleep does not go past stage two. And Zopaclone somehow keep you there. You cannot get to the deep sleep. Oh, okay. And so that in itself, you think you're sleeping, but you're not really. And that's my question about the whole title. You know, are you really sleeping? If you're in stage one, stage two, only all the time, you're not really sleeping. And because I have not taken to 100%, but I believe that because of the Zopaclone itself, maybe potentially causing nutrients deficiency for our brain to produce proper amount of serotonin and melatonin. And melatonin is our, you know, sleep hormone that our brain produces. So if your brain is not producing proper amount of melatonin, you will not get into the deep sleep. Oh, okay. That's... So from my point of view is sleeping medications are, you know, temporary. Yeah, if you're really having issue, use it for a few weeks. But, you know, after that, you should not be using it long term. Like, you know, benzodiazepine that we're using as a sleeping pill is, again, you know, somebody commented that it should be only acute. But as a pharmacist, I've been working for 33 years. I've seen patients on benzodiazepine for 15, 20 years that wow. using it to sleep. And so it's not really acute anymore. No. You know, they are so on it. it. 
they got used to it, they are on it, they can get off it. And, you know, there may be other things that are affecting sleep that we can, you know, we'll get into a little bit more detail why people have the uh, issue with the sleep, et cetera. One of oh. the things that a lot of time I ask people that, you know, are you really sleeping? And they ask me, like, how do you know you're really, you know, sleeping? Is that my uh, gauge is when you get to deep sleep, that's when you dream. So if I ask you, are you dreaming? A lot of people that I work with, more than 50% tell me that, no, I never dream. That means they never get into stage four REM, REM sleep. This is when growth hormone productions happen also. This is when all the repair and regeneration happen. This is where the whole spinal fluid flowing out and detoxing the brain. So you're missing all this, you know, uh, recuperation, repair, regeneration, all of that because you're not getting into the REM sleep uh -huh. or you're not getting to a deep sleep. So I myself, even when, you know, compared to five years ago, five years ago, I can say that I dream here and there, but not enough. Compared to last three years, I can tell you that I'm dreaming almost every day. Not every day yet because of my stress and the way, you know, I'm running around and all of that. But the one that they are really sleeping is dreaming every day. And they remember the dream when they wake up and they remember it technicolor. Oh. And I had those kind of morning, you wake up and you smile and you're like, am I still asleep or am I awake? Because you've totally remember detail of your uh, dream the night before. And when that happened, I'm so happy because oh, I know yeah. that those kind of night, the next morning, I don't need an alarm. I can jump off the bed when six o'clock come. Oh. There's a, a comment on um, someone on Facebook that says, how about cannabinoids? So things like CBD and uh, so on and so forth. Cannabinoids, uh, if you get an actual pure CBD, it does really help with getting you into deep sleep and dream stage sleep type of thing. And of course, again, you have to make sure that you got like there's now so many different, uh, you know, shop out there. And I don't like the vaping. Vaping is the same as smoking cigarette. You're getting sure. all that junk and toxin into your lungs. It's not, you know, um, if that's the way you want to do it and that relax you, uh, you know, my caution is that it's like a smoking cigarette. You're getting all that toss and toxin into the lungs. So I rather, if you want to use it, I rather use the CBD extract. The oil, yeah. The oil itself. And you can... You like you know, there's many good companies within Canada, uh, and many good companies in US that uh, produce that. That's in itself as another topic that I can you know talk about, and even have uh, my friend from uh, New Jersey, uh, Dr. John Kim Pham D, to bring on and talk about it because he's actually uh, it's a medical advisor for one of the CBD company, and I. Uh, New Jersey. So you're talking about the oil there. How do you take the oil? You just put you a couple just, of bubbles in your mouth? Yeah, uh, yeah, on the tongue. Okay. Well, I won't do that, but I'm just saying, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. I was going to yeah. get in there. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Giddy up. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> so other thing that, you know, we can do to get the restorative sleep is like I mentioned, that stress is a huge uh, disruptor of the sleep because when you're under the stress, your cortisol is going sometime even at night. And there's people that talk to me saying, you know, it's like a clockwork, two o'clock or three o'clock, I'm awake and I'm sitting and staring at the ceiling for an hour or two. Wide awake, wide, wide, wide awake. awake. Yeah. I, can't, I can't, you know, fall back asleep. And some too. people even tell me that I can't even shut up my brain. I start thinking about what I've done 
uh, you know, yesterday and what I'm going to do today and yep. what if and all these things going on. That's because your body is under chronic stress that your cortisol, your circadian rhythm is switched, your adrenal function is switched. And those people, you ask them during the daytime, around two or three o'clock, they are so exhausted and fatigued that they can fall asleep. But yeah. two, three in the morning, they are wide awake because their cortisol drop at the two, three in the afternoon to the point of the bedtime level that they wanted to sleep, they needed to sleep. But then as your adrenal gland got rested the whole throughout the night, and then when two or three in the morning, when you're supposed to be sleeping, your adrenal gland started acting up like though it's morning and then start producing a tons of cortisol. And that cortisol level is not going down, so you're going to be staying awake until your cortisol level taper off or your adrenal gland, you know, slow it down. So your circadian rhythm totally switch. So those kind of things, what I tell people to do is a couple of things. You can do, you know, deep belly breathing that calm your brain down, that calm your adrenal down, and that stimulate your parasympathetic system. And so that slow down your sympathetic drive, the fight or flight, and pumping of the cortisol and adrenaline will slow down. The other thing is doing meditation. Since COVID, that's one of the things that I found it that it's really helpful. I've talked to a lot of people for the last 10 years, you know, you do you should do yoga or meditation to manage the stress better, response to the stress better rather than reacting. But I never really did it myself until COVID happened. And since COVID happened every day, at least 15 minutes, once a day, I will meditate in the morning. And when I feel that I'm really stressed, I will meditate again at nighttime. And that gave me better uh, response to all these stress and stuff that coming my way rather than I'm reacting and I'm getting upset and all of that. How long so, do you meditate? I I usually do about 15 minutes. And okay. according to Joe Dispenza, the more stress you have, the longer you need to meditate. Some of his guided meditations are two hours. <laughs> oh, okay. And I have not been able to do that. First of all, I'm very type A, I'm very fidgety, um, so I can't sit two hours uh, since I was little. And that's, you know, nowadays they'll say, oh, I have ADD, ADHD. It's just not. My brain just go fast. And it's just like, just like chewing 30 times. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do it. And so, you know, I've tried an hour, but the most I've done is about half an hour, once or twice a day. And it's really, when I do meditation for half an hour, I really feel that when I finish it, my mind is clear. I can focus. I can concentrate way better than not doing meditation. So I know that the day that I miss meditation in the morning because I woke up a little bit late or et cetera, then I know that that day I have to slow myself down or I'm going to get into issue with, you know, agitation or I will get upset with little things. So I keep reminding myself then those days that trying to do, you know, five deep breaths here and there throughout the day to keep myself focused and calm. Yeah. Oh, Dennis, I'm glad you're, you're bringing that up because sometimes we think that, you know, you have to do, you have to do this for like uh, hours and hours, but really uh, 10, 15 minutes beginning of the day, at the yeah. end of the day, try to find some good gurus. I know we follow a lot of the same gurus, right? So yeah. you want to mention just a couple of people that you gave me the names of that I think are really fantastic and have nice short programs. Some, like you said, Joe Dispenza yeah. can have the two yeah. hour. Joe, Sp- have a shorter yeah. one. Joe Dispenza is the leading uh, quantum, you know, uh, guru that the whole mind, body, etc. But uh, I use one of the uh, guided meditation done by uh, Emily Fletcher. Her, uh, she taught and she created. I I like her because when I first listened to her, she said, you know. 
people have issue meditation because every a lot of the meditation guided stuff tell you that you need to clear your head and you have to concentrate on breathing, etc. And you cannot get your mind wander during the meditation. And she said, you can't do that. When she said, you tell somebody, when you're meditating, focus on breathing and don't, you know, let your mind wander. It's like telling somebody, don't breathe. <laughs> Hold your breath. And it's automatic. You can't, you will breathe. And so the way she guided is that, okay, if your mind wander, because there's a noise in the room that you're meditating, then you concentrate on that noise. And that become your point of meditation. That's become your focus. And you sitting and, you know, for whatever reason, you end up sitting on some place that it's not comfortable and you start feeling, you know, discomfort under your, you know, butt, etc. And that's distracting you. She said, concentrate on that as your meditation point. So that, you know, really resonated with me. And that's how I started getting into meditation three years ago with her guide and with her help. And then from that, then when I got become consistent, then I started using different, uh, I used Tony Robbins uh, meditation. And for some people that cannot sit, sit straight and you have lots of energy, you may want to use Tony Robbins priming because his meditation is not sitting. His meditation is literally breathing and doing exercise and squeezing your muscle and stuff. You can actually go find it on YouTube. It's free, 10 minutes, wow. Tony Robbins priming. And yeah. that's what he does every it's morning because he has lots of energy. He cannot sit still, so he doesn't do meditation, but he does the priming every morning, seven days a week. That's his routine. Yeah. 10 minutes priming in the morning before he does anything, before exercise. And that will let your uh, energy flowing, that will let your blood flowing, and then you're alert, you can focus. Yeah, that's excellent. I put this wow. Ziva, Ziva meditation in the chat. Hopefully you guys can see that. Yeah. It's Emily Fletcher's thing. It's uh, like Dennis says, a lot. there's a lot of free resources. And YouTube is full of uh, yeah. just Google and the other, the other group that I like is Mind Valley. Yeah. Uh, he is really, really good. Uh, and, you know, of course, the other uh, mindset person that I follow is uh, uh, Mr. Bob Proctor, late Bob Proctor from Toronto. He is excellent also. So there's a few different resources out there. Not one's going to be right for you. You know, you got to try and look at it and switch ones, help you meditate and help you consistently do it. And consistency is the key with everything. And I, you know, I told you, you try meditation for three weeks and you tell me how your sleep is. If you don't improve your sleep, let me know. Because I have not had anybody that does the meditation for three weeks straight that come back and, you know, tell me, say, you know what, I'm dreaming, I'm sleeping better. I feel even if they don't, they, you know, they said they are not dreaming, even after three weeks of meditation, they will tell me that I feel more refreshed in the morning. With because the mind is no longer racing, the brain's no longer racing, you slow down your uh, brain racing. But you know, for some people, meditation alone may not be good enough. There is some, uh, you know, natural supplement that you can take to shut down that racing brain. One of the things is drinking green tea. And the reason oh. I said that is that there is an amino acid called L theanine in the green tea. That literally will slow your racing brain and shut it down for you. Um, we, like Norman, I use a supplement ourselves because sometimes it's just so much going on with our business. And, you know, between me and Norm, we work together, but we are totally two different person. Norm has to be everything written down. For me, it's everything <laughs> in my head. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, 
especially for me because I'm the one that don't like to write things down by in my head. So my head, my brain's racing a lot of time, and so you know sometimes I will take the supplement. But the reason I said green tea good is that most of us heard of other people saying, you know what, drink some green tea so it'll calm you down. And the reason green tea calm you down is because green tea has a LDNE. Oh. So three cups of green tea roughly give you average of 50 milligram of LDNE. So you know when we recommend or when I take a supplement, I take about 400 milligram at a time. So you can see, you know, <laughs> how much green tea. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a lot of cups. So you know, for yeah. me, that become too much caffeine for me. So I still drink, you know, two or three cups of green tea a day, plus my coffee. But I will take the supplement. Oh, so what is warm milk comes in? Come, come to warm this. milk comes in because when you drink warm milk, actually warm milk make your digestive system produce uh, serotonin and melatonin. Believe okay. it or not, we produce serotonin and melatonin in our gut. And even though that does not cross the blood-brain barrier, so there's two camp of neurologists, functional neurologists out there that some will say taking melatonin and stuff, it doesn't do anything because, you know, or even taking stuff, antidepressant that, you know, produce serotonin, whatever, it doesn't do anything because it's only in your gut and it's not going to cross the blood-brain barrier. But okay. on the other camp, that we see that taking melatonin and stuff, even though it does not cross the blood-brain barrier, because we actually have, again, more than 50% of the serotonin and melatonin receptor in our gut. Okay. And when you take melatonin supplement, that literally initially bind that and that and it's a calm you down. Hmm. And so it's really help you sleep. And so warm milk is the same idea, you know, the, uh, our ancestors knows the best, you know, when mm -hmm. you can't sleep, you can't calm down. The kids are, you know, bedtime and they fidgety. They give you warm, a glass of warm milk, drink a glass of warm milk with, you know, a cookie, right? Dip yeah. it because sugar actually at bedtime actually make your stomach produce Serotonin. Serotonin. Okay. Carbohydrate. So when 10 years ago, when I was working a lot and when I was in a lot of stress, by 11 o'clock, I have to have a bowl of noodles. Otherwise, I can't sleep. <laughs> and I did not really understand 10, 15 years ago why. But then now I know that when I do that, simple carbohydrate will make your gut produce serotonin and then that get converted into melatonin and that helped me that calm my brain down that helped me sleep but i would not suggest that to do that all the time that's when you're gonna get all the weight gain and stuff okay. because too much sugar, <laughs> yeah the other right? side effect yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know it's everything is moderation and you have to not one thing work for one person yeah you have to kind of watch what works for uh you know you there's many options there to help you sleep and get you into deep sleep. I'm glad you brought that up again because uh, food, right? Yeah. So we're talking yeah. about food. We always hear conflicting stories about that. Don't eat before you go to sleep. Eat before you go to sleep. Do this. Don't do that. All the rest of the stuff. So in general, yeah. uh, what would you recommend or what are you uh, telling your patients to do with, it, when it comes to, to, to food intake throughout yeah. the day and nutrition yeah. in general, right? Again, you know, we say general, yeah. but everybody is different. So generally, you should not eat at least an hour before bedtime. Okay. Some studies show that three hours before bedtime, okay. like say, you know, have dinner at five, no later than, no later than six. Yeah. And then you don't eat it at all until you know, the next day, like intermittent fasting, you know, some people would say 10 hours from dinner to 
the next meal or, you know, the optimal or the, you know, I want to say purest, but then, you know, I'm not. Though some people will do 16 hours. <laughs> some people 16. even, yeah, push it to 18 hours. So they'll eat supper at five and then they won't eat anything until 16 to 18 hours. I have patients that come to me saying they don't eat breakfast and they wait until lunch. That's like really pushing it. But with our society, we'll go, go, go. Everybody has some stress. For myself, I eat supper at six. By like, you know me, Norm, I'm kind of one of those that don't eat a lot, but eat a little bit of it. Every two to three hours, I have to yep. have protein and veggies type of thing. Yep. Right. So for me, if I don't go to bed by 10 o'clock, I'm hungry. I am actually famished. Yep. So I need to have protein. And if that happened, the best thing is to eat some protein with some carbohydrate so okay. that you give that your body to, you know, Develop. some carbohydrates so that it will produce some serotonin and stuff for you. Not a lot, but protein to hold it so that the sugar from carbohydrate doesn't go in so quickly that it got the insulin spike. What you don't want is insulin oh. spike. Oh, okay. So, so, so that's why... away from the sugar. <laughs> right. That's why, like, you know, the, we'll let you do the pro, uh, protein and green shake. Yes. Even though you put the orange juice with it, because of the protein and green in there, the amount of sugar from a, a orange juice going in is slower than you normally just gonna drink straight. Yeah, because you're just drinking slow. You're not gulping it. Exactly. Gulping it. You're yeah, just, you're drinking it because slow. like a smoothie, and even then, because of the protein and green in there, even slow it down further with yeah. the sugar absorption. So, yes. you know, everybody is different. Everybody has a different way of doing it. But generally, you shouldn't eat within an hour because I've done it myself too because, you know, I'm so hungry. I eat a lot and I can't sleep because I'm too full. And <laughs> so, that's, you know, yes. So is this, okay, let's say, Okay, you're gonna you eat. Okay, like me. Okay, I've yeah. changed completely uh, my habit of uh, eating and what I uh, what I'm intaking in my body. I do the uh, the smoothie in in the mornings. Mm -hmm. I don't eat. I don't eat until six o'clock. But let's say if you know I I come in later, right? I eat. Although I'm laying in bed, I'm not sleeping. Say I'm watching TV for three hours. Is that still in that realm? Because you're not. You're not actually moving around. Is that what we're talking about? Because you're not moving around, so that food's going to lay there. So yeah, that's not good. Yeah, right. that's similar to. And you brought up the, another point. Sleeping, uh, laying in bed, watching TV. That is the no-no because we as a society like all these convenience. So we have TV in our bedroom. <clears throat> That is the bad thing because we end up watching TV until we're so exhausted. And we should be actually turning off devices and TV again an hour before at least. And two that. things that the TV, when we're watching TV, we're talking about racing mind. It's stimulating. Yeah. So our brain is keep going. When you shut off the TV, a lot of time when I finish watching TV, I can fall asleep because my brain's still going. Still and then going. I'm lying in bed and I start thinking <laughs> about stuff and I can't shut off my brain anymore. So you need to. And the other thing is that these TVs and devices yeah. emit blue lights. Right. Blue light is like a sunlight. And when we talk about melatonin, you know, people ask me, oh, if I take melatonin, uh, you know, this much in the morning, am I going to get groggy? Is, am I going to get drowsy because melatonin is still in there? Guess what? Our body has this fail-safe mechanism. As soon as the sun comes up and the sunlight hit our pupil, melatonin that our body produces get deactivated. Oh. So the blue light, when you're watching TV, watching device before you go to bed, your brain's trying to cre uh, produce the melatonin for you to sleep. All the melatonin coming out, the blue light's deactivating it. Oh, 
Alrighty then. Yeah, so that's, that's why we <laughs> tell people that at least an hour before bedtime, you need to shut off the devices. Even for me during the daytime, my phone, I always have a uh, iPhone has a night shift, which yes. is totally shut off the blue light. So I have it 24-7 blue light shut off on my iPhone. Okay. Because my eye, like I watch you know, computer all day long and then mm -hmm. at home I'm on the phone walking and doing whatever. So at my walk, you can buy blue light, you know, screen and all of that. I don't have that. I do have blue light uh, glasses that once in a while I will wear. If you go back and look at some of my old uh, Facebook like and stuff, you will see me wearing this red glasses or orange, orange glasses. That's a blue light mm -hmm. blocker for like daytime or nighttime, different color. And I use it, uh, still use it regularly when I'm on the TV and stuff. Okay. So that that give you also deep, deeper sleep because you're not, you know, deactivating your melatonin. So working out um, prior to uh, going to bed. That's not good either. That's yeah, not so, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's true exercise. Again, exercise everybody's, everybody's a little bit different, correct? Right? So, but if you're not exercising before and you're gonna exercise, I suggest do it like during the daytime or afternoon, the mornings, so that you're not because when you exercise, your body's gonna produce adrenaline, your body's gonna yeah. produce cortisol, all of them are stimulating for you to, yeah. you know, push and fight and run. So when you're going to go to bed and you exercise just before, then you have to wind down for, you know, depending on person to person, half an hour to an hour. And then you're already one in the morning, depending on when you go to bed. Right. So, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is. <laughs> no exercise, no food before bed. Before. Like you said, you're, Everybody's different. It seems to yeah. me when I when I work out at nighttime, uh, very rare occasions though uh, now, but when I do work out at night, when I come home, probably have some water and not warm milk, that's for sure. But uh, I'll go in, I'll just lay down in bed and whatever. Sometime I'm, boom, I'm gone. I'm already passed out, all right? So um, it's just like the sunlight, the heat, yeah. like heat stroke and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, we went. We went to the Pride Parade. We marched, and that mm -hmm. it was extremely hot. <laughs> Got home, um, went door knocking for about an hour and a half. Came home, and I couldn't wait to get in bed. I was so yeah. tired because right. your body's telling you that you're exhausted, that yeah. you need to rest and recuperate. Okay, and I was just wondering if the sun had yeah. a little bit to do with that. Oh yeah, the sun will zap your energy. Because when you're in the hot sun, your body have to keep itself keep cool. cool. Got to keep cool. And yeah. so for that, your body actually using up a lot of energy trying to balance the heat in your okay. body. Otherwise, you're going to overheat, right? Correct. And so then your cells going to start dying and you're going to get sunburned and all of that. So our body is so complex that using a lot of energy to jokingly i would say that our body has its own air conditioning running 24 7 when mm -hmm. we're outside and so that eat need a lot of energy like you know the same as our house air air conditioning yeah. eat a lot of energy and the same thing when you're out in the hot sun or you're out in really cold weather it's exhausting you yeah. know exhausting yeah. because your body is trying to heat itself up or cool itself down that's where the sweating comes in. Yeah, that's where sweating comes in okay. because that will cool it down for you. Hmm. Dennis, we know we know some people that uh, they just, you know, chronic deprivation of sleep. Hmm. What what are some of the potential uh, consequences or the potential things that can happen with someone that's just not getting enough sleep? Well, one thing I'm going to go back to, you know, why we should sleep and what sleep does. Yeah. So. The whole so if you have a sleep deprivation all the time, the first thing you're gonna notice is your brain fog okay. and your memory because 
your brain's not detoxing. And when you're not sleeping properly, your lymph is not flowing properly either. Then the lymph system is another detox system, right? All of that is now you're built up a toxin. So that in itself, the brain's going to start feeling it first because brain's very sensitive. And then after that, you're going to start feeling aches and pain. Like I have a lot of people with fibromyalgia that I, you know, come to me and they got aches and pains and they're exhausted and you talk to them, they don't sleep. They just can't sleep. They say, oh, I can't shut up my mind because I'm worrying about this and I'm worrying about that and all of that. So that's why I'm, you know, telling people that do the meditation so that you can slow down your brain. And the other thing I tell people is that I ask them, okay, you're worrying about this. Can you change anything? If you cannot change things, that you cannot have control over things, then why are you worrying about this? Worry about something that you can change and you can do something, do something with it so it's better. But the thing that you cannot do anything, you know, Accept it, let it go, walk with it. Don't worry about it. And so that's the thing that you're going to start feeling aches and pain. You're going to start getting brain fogs. You're going to start getting inflammation and joint pain and stuff. People come to me and say, you know what? I didn't do anything and I don't know why now I'm getting like, you know, knee pain and shoulder pain and all of that. I don't even exercise. Why am I getting, you know, these quote unquote, you know, injury pain? Because you're probably not sleeping properly. And the other thing is that, you know, if you're not eating properly, not enough protein, not enough vegetables, and always eating processed food and junk food and fast food, you're not going to have enough nutrients to produce serotonin and melatonin to make you sleep. That explains So. You know, it's not just one thing, right? Everything affected. And then if you have a lot of environmental toxin uh, get into your system from, you know, air or food or whatever, then that in itself is going to cause, again, more inflammation. And inflammation is going to cause pain and that's going to cause sleep issue. People come to me and say, because I'm in a lot of pain, I can't sleep. I looked at it. Look at them, and I'm thinking, is it chicken or eggs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So you just snowball. So you have to, you know, stop and look at it yourself and see where you can change things. Okay. And look at, you know, one or two things, even one thing that you can change, like, you know, eating properly or meditating to get your stress response better. Otherwise, in the long run, dementia is not too far. Interesting. That's true. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, because, you know, one of the things that Norm, you said is, you know, uh, like sleep and mental health. Because you don't sleep properly and your sleep deprivation you're going to get more depressed because you're exhausted, your brain's inflamed, and brain inflammation is going to lead you to depression, to psychosis, all of that. And I definitely found when we had young kids that, you know, your fuse is really short. You're you're in a fog. You don't have a lot of patience. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, because you can't sleep properly. You're not sleeping, right? Yeah. Is there a connection between not sleeping or having trouble sleeping and dementia? Oh, absolutely. There is. In the long run, as you're not sleeping properly or, you know, not able to sleep properly or even not sleeping, like waking up all the time, that causes more brain inflammation because brain cannot detox. And because you're not sleeping properly, you're not producing growth hormones to repair the cell damages and regenerate the cell. So with that, your brain's going to deteriorate more and more. Your brain's going to have more inflammation and that will then lead to dementia. 
Like when I was in pharmacy school, I was taught that when your brain cells are dead, that's it. You cannot regenerate. Yeah, regenerate it. Which is incorrect. Now, last 10 years, studies have shown that you eat properly, you stress, manage the stress properly, you sleep properly, your brain cells regenerate. They've seen a brain regrow. Yep. Yep. Even in patients with dementia? Absolutely. Really? You can help them, not 100%, because when you get into right. dementia, it's, you know, pretty far out. But uh, right now, uh, if you have a chance, read the book uh, written by Dr. Dale Bradison, who is the Harvard researcher. His book is called uh, uh, something about Alzheimer. I can't think of the name. My brain's going. <laughs> I need some sleep. Yeah, I need some sleep. My brain's going. Yeah, it's uh, his book is really good. When he wrote that book, and it's all nutrients and food and stress management that he wrote it in the whole book to the point that he's never, hasn't seen patients for 15, 20 years doing research on the brain. When his book published, Harvard actually asked him to come back into clinical practice. Oh. <laughs> it, it's not the end of uh, At the end of Alzheimer's, yeah. Yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. At the it, end of it? It's it's the book the, is called The End of Alzheimer's. By Dale Bredesen. Dale Bredesen. Okay. He even have a like workbook and uh menu guide based on that. So if you have a chance, yeah, read that. That's very interesting, Dennis. Is is yeah. there any other ongoing research that you're aware of or things that are coming out emerging emerging trends or Things that you uh, that you follow in the last little thing, while. The key thing that coming out like from Dr. Uh, Mark Hyman, yeah. he's been talking, and also Dr. Uh, David Palmada. David Palmada is the functional neurologist, and Dr. Jenna Amen's uh, like Dr. Palmada and Dr. Amen is uh, my mentor. I train with them uh, last fifteen years off and on, and they all said that stress and food. Yeah. You really have to eat proper food to get the better nutrients and reduce the inflammation. And then the stress management, because stress, stress causes a lot of inflammation in our system. Because we are, I've seen people that they are into fight or flight mode almost 24 7. Wow. Not sustainable, they, right? They can't function at all which is, you know, really sad to see. Yeah, like I had a, a young gentleman that I worked with uh, five years ago. When he came to me, he was so angry. He has his own business. He's 20 something only when he came to me and he was so angry. He's not eating properly. And he was on like two or three different antipsychotic. And I work with him with the food and some supplement and I make him do meditation and stuff took us three years and he was calm enough then he can focus better he can think better and he then brought up the thing to me saying that my issue my mental health issue is because of the concussion he concussion. had two concussion after yeah. i got him some nutrients and stuff improperly and then his brain was functioning better than he can then retrace why how he got sick and then he told me that he believed it's concussion so i treated him for concussion for how did he get concussions he was, was playing Jesus. football oh okay high school it wasn't me okay no it wasn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. he was playing football in high school and he had three concussion oh should have stopped on number one exactly and you know that's the thing with like you have to know when to, you know, stop certain spots and stuff, right? People sometimes keep pushing and, you know, parents sometimes think, oh, no, you can keep going. You know, you're good, but it's not. And yeah. so I treated him for another two years of the concussion. And now he's clean shaven. 
five years ago to now, he mm-hmm. looked like seventeen right now. Oh, and oh, smiling yeah. compared to frowning all the time. So it's you know the whole thing. The food is a huge thing, and the sleep, and the yeah. stress. So I'm looking at this and then in the things that are being tied into just of sleep, uh, lack of sleep is Alzheimer's, mental health. Yeah. Um, your well-being in terms of uh, what, uh, um, how your, your body, body is function. reacting. Yeah. yeah, your body yeah. functioning. Absolutely. Everything has a connection. Oh, absolutely. Our body is wow. complex. One area gone, other areas going to compensate to the point that other area gonna stop breaking down. Wow. So, wow. so you know that's why Norm knows that every time him and I talked about it, I talk a lot about stress. I'm always looking Absolutely. at is there underlying stress that trickery. Yeah. You know, we you know I jokingly say chicken or eggs, but I'm always like doesn't matter if there's a stress. If the stress is not the primary trigger, I still need to manage that stress for you. Otherwise, okay. that's going to keep feeding the fire. Wow. That's a good lesson to learn today. Man, I, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking other things, and next thing you know, it's it's just basic sleeping, yeah. you know, properly. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I, you know, when I was learning, studying 15, 17 years ago, I stay up until 2, 3 in the morning because so much information and I wanted to learn more and more. I stayed up. I got sick. I got really sick to the point that every spring and every fall, when the weather changed, I get sinus infection to the point that I'm totally exhausted. I can't even stand up. And then I have to take, you know, two, three courses of antibiotic before I get well. Yep. And wow. that wrecked my gut. So, you know, I can't eat properly or, you know, I'm having loose stool and diarrhea. Then I take another course of antibiotic to treat that <laughs> diarrhea. And just in this snowball thing, and Cindy and I both said, this is not how you have to live. So I stopped 11 o'clock, the latest, I stopped and I started going to sleep. And when I was staying up 2 or 3 in the morning, people say, yeah, you can get up in the morning because you're not sleeping. Well, going to bed too late. But I can tell you that last night I went to bed at 1 o'clock because I was actually Monday, Sunday night, I went to bed at 1 o'clock because I started my smoking meat too late. So I was waiting for my meat to come out of the smoker. So one o'clock. That's my stress release on the weekend. weekend I do fast smoking in the backyard and not wheat, meat. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so every every week, even winter time, doesn't matter, minus 30, minus 40, I'm wearing winter jacket and I'm out there smoking meat. And that's my passion. I love it. So Sunday night, uh, I didn't go to bed until 1. Monday morning, 6.30, I jump out of bed. And last night, I was doing something, and I didn't go to bed until midnight. And 6.30, I'm up. And, you know, so. You were really sleeping. I was really sleeping. And I actually uh, woke up. I don't remember my dream, but I know I dreamt. Huh. So that's, you know, the key thing is that you need to be really sleeping. And I try to cut my uh, device and stop at least half an hour, even though I tell people an hour, I'm one of those that I'm doing things, I'm posting stuff uh, on social media until 11 o'clock type of thing. Used to be until midnight, now and I'm cutting it down to 11 o'clock. 10.30 if I can help it after that, I don't do anything on the social media anymore, but I do post on yeah. social media almost every day. Okay. So it's just sharing, you know, a few seconds of uh, information that I think is helpful for people 
and that I encounter, you know, throughout the day. And I think that's really important is what you guys were talking about is you have to prepare your brain, prepare yourself for sleep, right? Yeah. So even us, uh, uh, we were watching a movie or something too exciting before sleep. Uh, and then it's kind of like, I can't get to sleep. Um, yeah. If you're, you know, so you want to yeah. start preparing that through meditation, yeah. through different even like, you know, certain show that you watch, right? Yeah. Oh, Again, yeah. Everybody is different. Yeah. We were talking at work today. Uh, we had a little bit of break. So we we're talking about all these different movies and stuff. And uh, one of my staff and I agree that like for us, both of us, we couldn't finish watching the movie, The Star is Born. Okay. Because it's so sad. Yes. That you know, two third way through, I stopped. I said, "No, depressing me. I'm not watching it anymore. I watch movie to relax and you know get entertainment and learn something. Yeah. But I have to go through this much of the depressed mood to learn something. I don't need to. Did yeah. You want a, did you want a tissue? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would have, you know. Don't worry, it got me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I literally couldn't uh, watch, finish that movie. So you know, those are the kind of thing, right? So I, I watch like Cindy will say, oh, you know, I want to watch this movie, and I'm looked at it, and I'm like, no, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Certain movie, I won't. Because. Why? <laughs> it's it's just emotionally affect me, and I'm one of those that I don't recover too quickly oh. from these emotional uh, uh, down. And I, I like don't watching, know why. I like watching brain dead stuff. So <laughs> it's it's stuff that you don't have to think. You just uh, you don't have to think. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I like cute. the I like the tear jerkers. You know, yeah. So it, a lot it of does time, relax me. Oh yeah. Well, certain ones are really good, you yeah. know, but yeah, certain one is just a little bit too heavy. Don't, don't want his draws before going to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Anyway, well, if there's any questions, please go ahead. You can answer. You can ask some questions. I know someone asked, is, is it matcha better than steeping the tea, the leaves? Well, it's all how you like it i have not i don't really drink matcha much until i came to north america okay with japanese tea those are matcha okay i usually being chinese i grew up with the chinese tea leaf that we steep okay in the teapot you know we just put the leaf in hot water and you call it green tea yeah and you know, I didn't even know it was called green tea. I just know that's Chinese tea, <laughs> no. and that's how I grew up with. Since I was little, at home is always a pot of tea going. That's just Chinese family. And so, you know, I when I came here, people said, "Oh, do you drink green tea?" And initially, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, "I drink Chinese tea." <laughs> so now I later I learn oh that's green tea and we oh. like it because yeah definitely you know All the calm you properties. down yeah and we like that yeah, yeah. so are you suggesting we have a uh, green tea before we go to bed or no you can try some people said they can because of the caffeine but yeah. green tea has a, a lot less caffeine than coffee Okay. Um, well, for me, yeah, for me is um, I can even drink coffee. Like I drink specific coffee with the reishi mushroom in it. So reishi mushroom actually help me with the stress and calming effect. So I drink my coffee at 11 o'clock. I can still go to bed. I don't have any issue now. But if I drink, you know, Tim Horton or Starbucks type of thing, no. I will be awake, um, not just awake, but within uh, 15 minutes, I can feel my heart pounding. You'll be agitated, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and I, my <laughs> hands quickly? start shaking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my hands start shaking. So I don't drink, uh, I can't drink uh, Tim Horton or Starbucks anymore. Oh. Yeah. Uh, mean Affect coffee. Me. Yeah. 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 See, Period. I mean, Affect me so much. I drink coffee once a year, January 1st, with my wife. 
That's it. That's the Once only time. That's the only time I drink coffee. Just a drink with her. I said, okay, we're bringing in the new year. Here's my yeah. here's my coffee. Boom. <laughs> I cannot exactly. stand the taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, we're at the hour point, Dennis. So the next uh, time, like in two weeks, I want to talk about stress. Because, you know, we talk a lot about uh stress affecting sleep and stress affecting other things. And I want to go a little bit more detail into stress and how to manage stress because like I said, our society has go, go, go and everybody yeah. have stress and we, we cannot eliminate the stress. That's part of our life. But how do we respond better and how do we manage so that it does not affect our day-to-day -day life? So I hope that everybody will join us in two weeks' time when we talk about stress. I'm looking Until forward then, to that. Yeah, absolutely. Until then, have a relaxing and deep restorative sleep tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, Dennis. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.